Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. It is episode 15. And as we come to the end of the decade and move into what looks like being the lash industry's biggest and best year, it's time to take a look back at what's gone on this year to see just how far we have all come in such a short space of time. What I'm about to talk to you about is not comprehensive. However, it is very important. It just shows how the industry is growing, moving and evolving every single day. It shows that we're still the baby of the beauty industry and we're still trying to walk before we can run. We're making mistakes and we're learning. We're rising faster than any other sector in the beauty industry. And with that comes the breaking of new ground and the risk and dangers of being first. Right, let's get started. Right, it's just me today, but I'm going to be able to get through a big list of things that have gone on this year in the lash industry. And firstly, I do have to say that right now, as I'm recording this podcast, we're currently having a bit of building work done to our offices because we're needing more staff and we need more space in the marketing office. So we're being moved. So if I'm talking and all of a sudden you hear a bit of building work going on in the background, I do apologize. I'm going to try not to let it ruin any of the flow of what I'm trying to say and trying to get across but you never know. Right, that's out of the way. So there was a reason why I wanted to do this podcast. I've also done it as a written article on my LinkedIn account, and I've also posted it in the Team Lashbase Facebook group. So as it's a roundup of 2019, I just firstly wanted to say thank you to all of the people that are listening uh, right now, because we do get to see the numbers of our listeners and how many people are listening, how many people come back and the audience size. And it's so nice to see it's been growing steadily since we started, which can only be a good thing. And on top of that, something that we started this year was our Team Lash Base Facebook group. And again, it is something that we're so glad it has gone exactly to plan. It's I think it's now got just over 3000 people in the group. So thank you to everyone. If you're listening and you're in that group, then you guys are awesome. You may have even already read what I'm about to talk to you about. If not, you'll read it um, soon after, I'm sure. We started the group on Facebook so that there was somewhere that was a positive and safe space for lash artists to network and get answers to questions. I must say, I feel that we have managed to achieve that. We've limited the spam and the negativity, uh, but we also still let people, they're free to express their opinion, sorry, without any judgment. Um, And the group's only working because of the type of people that are in there. So that's all of you lot, people that are listening and people that are in the group. So thank you very much. So thank yous are done. I want to now talk about the top maybe five or six things that have happened in the industry in 2019. And first up, it's quite a big one. I want to talk to you about new lash brands. Now, one of the biggest markers that an industry is gaining traction is the sheer numbers of brands that have launched. So 2019, this year in the lash industry, has seen the biggest growth in new brands since it all began even up to 15 years ago right now 2019 it almost seems like every single day you are getting a new lash brand now in my opinion this is because the barrier of entry is so low it's it is actually relatively cheap and straightforward to source lashes put your logo on it and then start selling it online and in all fairness that is brilliant news because do you know what it does it increases competition keeps uh, the, the more established brands on their toes and it ensures that nobody rests on their laurels nobody can stand still through fear of falling behind. And that is probably one of the best things about it. Um, we've got a lot of big names, a lot of big characters within the industry, and they are with well within their rights to decide to 
have a crack at bringing out products and then taking forward with their own brand. So I think it is an absolute amazing thing. The only problems that I do have with the amount of brands that are coming out as the barrier of entry is so low, there there are no set guidelines to help lash artists that are starting a brand like industry safety regulations compliance has taken a huge, huge hit this year. I'd say, and this is probably being conservative, I'd say over 70% of lash brands on the market, as I'm speaking this right now, do not follow any of the, depending on where you are, the EU, UK or US regulatory compliance. Things like correct testing, labeling, registering the ingredients that you're using um, on the registers that they're supposed to be, the databases, sorry. Uh, none of this is being completed. So it's, in all fairness, this is actually a scary, it's real, and it's an unspoken about issue. I think now, in my last few podcast interviews that I've done, this is something that I've brought up. And I think maybe going forward in 2020 is going to be probably a bigger thing. I think there isn't, there's no excuse to it. So, but if if I'm going to play devil's advocate here and then talk maybe in the defense of the new Lash brands, the question I always say is, or ask myself is, how on earth should they know or ha- like know how or what they should test um, when the manufacturers in the Far East don't advise? Or not that they don't even advise. I feel how if you were starting a brand new business and you were buying a product and they were advertising it as lash adhesive and then they said yeah don't worry we will send you the safety data sheet and you can stick your logo on it and we'll send it to you you can kind of understand where they're coming from when they think well what else do i need to do this all seems completely legitimate and completely normal so you can kind of not blame people for that however what i'm what i'm trying to do is trying to now spread like awareness that testing and safety regulations do exist and they do need to be met you can search them quite simply on google so there's not really much of an excuse nowadays if you're starting a brand now so if you are considering to start a brand think about it just google it have a look into the regulatory side and make sure whatever it is you're selling meets that because in the at the end of the day these are the sort of things that um, will get brought up regulation sorry regulation will eventually come into it and you want to be on the right side of that so that's that so that moves me on to number two and that is brow lamination now some people love this whilst other people hate it i'm still completely on the fence do you know what i've seen some really good jobs i've seen some really bad jobs and i think it's one of those where love is in the eye of the beholder is that the saying i think so i think some people like them some people don't like them uh, i think it's got its place however 2019 has seen brow lamination absolutely explode so it's probably was more popular and more of a thing um middle, middle part of 2019's died off very slightly however it does still exist i'm still seeing it come across on my my instagram feed um every other day or so but this year, when it first came out, again, because it's such a new product, there was so much confusion over whether you should or shouldn't use lash lifting products on brows, the confusion over the safe levels of um, one of the ingredients, the main ingredients, and I always mispronounce this, I think it's like thioglolic acid or TGA, um, what percentage of that should be in there for it to be safe to go onto the brows versus onto the lashes. Um Nobody really knew what was right versus what was wrong. It was all uh, looking into, again, looking into the regulatory side of things and then trying to decide and decipher it. Because a lot of the time, these things um, can be quite confusing when you go into them. 
And again, I think that's just because it's a brand new treatment. Um, so everyone, we're, we're the ones at the forefront of this. We're the ones, what you don't understand is if you were doing brow lamination um, earlier in the year, you were one of the first people to be doing it. It's it's not as if it was a big, um, massive treatment that existed that people knew everything about. We don't know much about these things. Obviously, we know the science and we know exactly how it works, but... It's also new. So we have the blind leading the blind, and that's where a lot of the confusion came. You've got this. God, there were some scare stories of burnt skin and bleached eyebrows and just overall horror shows It's that slowed down its growth when you see, like, the poor pictures of it. Uh, but I do think that it's going to be here probably all the way through at least the first half of 2020, especially now people seem to have got a hand on um, the right sort of the compliance and the regulatory side and exactly how to use it. So brow lamination was definitely a big thing. I know it sounds funny talking about eyebrows in a lash roundup, but they go hand in hand and brow lamination definitely shook up the lash industry in 2019. So that's number two. We'll move on to number three next. And this one is something that I've been preaching for a long time. And in 2019, I think it finally got its chance to shine. And that is pre-made fans. Many people fought against it. Many people said it wouldn't last. Uh, but it looks like pre-made fans are here to stay. And 2019 has seen almost like the overall acceptance of pre-made fans as like a normal and helpful product uh, that definitely has a time and a place, like regardless of whether you are a lover of handmade fans versus pre-made fans. I think, to be honest, if you want to hear a bit of a conversation and a debate on what makes them different, and then we did do a podcast, probably one of our most listened to podcast episodes, actually, one of the early ones. A lot of people have gone back and listened to it. Uh, so if you haven't already, go and listen to the pre-made fans debate. However, now that it seems to be that everyone understands that you can either really like them or you might not like them, but you do understand that there is a place for them. I think only late 2018, there was so much like negativity and fear surrounding them, at how dangerous they were and unhealthy for the natural la natural lash. Sorry, um, but oh, and granted that this this year's probably seen the quality of pre-mades skyrocket. Many brands now stock them. I think you've even got some brands now that they're known because of their pre-made fans. So the pre-made fan boom in 2019 has actually created business created businesses there is a demand for them and it definitely is not going anywhere i think if you want to talk about improvements the price and value of them versus normal lashes obviously still isn't there's no comparison there however they definitely save time when you don't have the time uh, for doing the handmade volume so i think time time and a place they're definitely worth it there is <laughs> One thing, one of the biggest and most controversial points that's come from the rise of pre-mades is that you only need classic qualification to use them. So some people believe that you should need to learn um, and understand like weight, isolation, application of volume fans before you can use them. But as it stands, only classic qualification is required. So that one is one that's up for debate. I'm not sure if that will ever change. Um, Pre-mades will continue to grow throughout 2020, 100%. There'll be some improvements as well with like the quality of the base. Um, and you'd expect the price point might drop as well, as they're the main two issues that need resolving before, I guess, everybody will be able to accept them as a product that they would use, definitely. So pre-made fans is definitely number three in the list of uh, the Lash Industry 2019 Roundup. So moving on to number four. 
And again, you could probably keep hearing all of the, <laughs> it sounds like drilling and people knocking down walls and things. It is all going on outside of the office. So I am trying to keep going with this. I apologize if that is, apologies, sorry, if that is distracting outside, but hopefully not. So number four, and this one's all about new curls. Like, do you remember the days when your choice was either a J or a B or a C? Might get a D maybe. Um, <laughs> feels like ages ago, right? Well, this year has seen... Um, a few newer curls grab the spotlight. Now, I'm not saying these curls were created in 2019. However, they've definitely had a turn in the spotlight. So, for example, the M curl. I think loads of brands have brought out an M curl and been pushing an M curl. And personally, I've one of the favorites of mine now because I've seen some amazing sets done with it. But this year, we have seen things like the X curl, uh, L, a double L curl, uh, DD curl, U and O curls. So there's a lot of different ones coming out. And I think this is just down to the lash manufacturers trying to innovate and trying to make new things. So some of them are great. Some of them aren't great. Some of them will work. Some of them definitely don't. Um, now, like I said, they're not all new for 2019, but they've all had their moment. Do you think 2020 is going to bring any new curls? Do you think any older curls might make a comeback? Um my opinion, probably not. I have actually seen, though, recently a few J curls been thrown into some sets, and they do look pretty decent, so you never know. But I don't think there's a need necessarily for bringing out and inventing all new curls. However, we might see a few more um, curls making a comeback, or at least people getting a little more creative with what's already there. So number four, short and sweet, new curls definitely in 2019 have grabbed a little bit of the spotlight. So number five, and a slight twist on lashes. And that's because I want to talk about strip lashes. Now, I think that this piece of news has probably gone under the radar for many. But if you take a look at any of your favorite lash brands, I know I've, I've been having a little nose around since, since noticing this myself. All of everybody has up or appears to have updated and improved their direct-to-consumer, so not a professional product, range of strip lashes so for example lash base we're doing it uh, i think by around about february 2020 we're going to have a whole new range of strip lashes and um, they have their place in like as you're aware many people's lives um and even as professional lash brands have improved and got to grips with the business side of things like we all have we're all you've got to remember the lash industry is still a baby it's still very small so the businesses like lash base and all the other ones uh, they're all getting to grips with what it's like in the beauty industry and how they're running. So that then tends to lean on if once you get it right, you can probably translate that across into other parts of the beauty industry. And it's only natural, as you can imagine, you can mix up into the brow market and you can also go into strip lashes. The good thing about strip lashes is they make um, great retail products for clients. If you've got people coming to you that have had um, a brow treatment or other treatments, nail treatment, anything, they can um, and may be interested in strip lashes. And every now and again, although I prefer and I'm a big advocate of permanent, semi-permanent lashes, strip lashes do again have their place um, or a time and a place. So it's quite interesting to see. You'll, uh, you'll notice now if you go and have a look, a lot of brands seem to have increased the amount of strip lashes they offer and updated them and are maybe pushing them in slightly different markets. 
And I guess it's all to do with the margins. It's an excellent addition for Lash brands to have in their catalogs. So I reckon, and this is probably more of a prediction than it is a 2019 um, outright obvious one, but you'll see next year a lot more Lash brands growing their strip lash lines as well as focusing on their semi-permanent ranges. So that's number five. And number six, and my last one on the list of the 2019 Lash Industry Roundup, and this is one I didn't put into the article on LinkedIn or in the Team Lash Base Facebook group. So this is uh, an extra one for podcast listeners only. And number six, and something that I think is amazing, uh, 2019 has seen a massive focus on eco-friendly products, eco-friendly packaging. So you've seen a lot of lash brands switching over to things like cardboard lash trays, so removing the plastic from those, bringing out bamboo mascara wands and and, and other things that, all the single-use plastics that don't necessarily need to be used or if there's alternatives available, a lot of lash brands are now starting to focus on being a bit more eco-friendly. I know it's really hard that the lash industry and the beauty industry itself does contribute to a to the problem, um, but it's great to see that some people are starting to take it seriously. Like So, for example, I think we spoke about this before. Um, we've tried to promote it as best we can. Lash Base now use things like paper tape. We've removed all bubble wrap in, in favor of using uh, more of a paper void uh, filler. Our lashes are now switching, or most of them anyway, uh, have already switched to cardboard trays. And the rest will follow suit as and when the next orders come in. We've got all the whole bamboo eco-friendly range of consumable products as well. And we're slowly but surely making the change as best we can. And uh, it's good to see that there are a lot of other companies that are doing exactly the same. So number six and a very important one is that there are a lot of brands being a lot more eco-friendly and eco-focused, which is brilliant news. So I'd say that has got to be it for my roundout. This is a nice short episode because I know you've probably, if you're listening to this before Christmas, you have had a hell of a week. You've probably had the busiest week of your year and now is probably the time that you've listened to this and it is time for you to switch off and enjoy Christmas. So if you want to continue the conversation, which you don't have to, you can just switch off and leave it for over Christmas, but join the Team Lash Base group and uh, carry on the conversation. If you're listening to this podcast, please share it on Instagram. Uh, It's good to see when people are listening and it gets the word out there so we can try and get a few more listeners if you found this interesting. I know it's only a short episode. However, that just leaves me to say, everybody, have a lovely Christmas. We will be bringing out another episode just before New Year, so I don't need to say have a good New Year just yet. But I hope everybody manages to put their tweezers down, has a relax a little bit, and enjoys their Christmas. Have a good one.